1: Today's topic is overcoming last-mile challenges with my friend, Israel Duanis. How's it going, Israel?
0: Hi, Joe. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, Israel, please introduce yourself and your company, and feel free to say your name correctly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Israel is an easy one. Um, And if anyone wants to guess, yeah, I'm from Israel. Um, So I'm Israel Duanis. I'm the VP of Logistics at VIA. And before we dive into what VIA Logistics is, only a few words about VIA as a company. So VIA was founded in 2012. It was basically the pioneer of transit tech uh, market. They provided technologies that enable cities, transit agencies, school districts, and actually every entity that is using transportation uh, to transform their legacy transportation systems into advanced digital networks. VIA is today working with around 500 partnerships um, in 40 countries. And through the past years, um, based on the stack that VIA has built around optimization, routing, mapping, um, dynamic routing, multiple pickups and drop offs, um, we also entered into the logistics space, which means we're today working with um, partners that are retailers or fleet operators, Providing them a platform that they can use to operate their transportation logistics, and we're focused mostly on the last mile delivery part. Uh, we also have partnerships around distribution, but mostly in the areas that we do best on the real-time on-demand, efficient um, last mile.
1: Excellent, excellent. So you said transit. What do you mean by transit? Is that that's buses and trains? Is that what what is that that market?
0: It's basically every way that uh, we move people from place to place. So yeah, with vans, you know, any way that you commute, um, if you're a corporate, if you're a transit agency, if you're a city, um, we're there to help. And and the broader picture is not only moving people, but also moving goods. And that's the area right. which I'm responsible right. for.
1: Right. So when you you guys realized after a while, like and you said, 500, 500 different partnerships. So you, so you guys got pretty good at the transit side. And then you said, hey, you know what? All this routing software and all this other stuff we do is works for goods, not just people, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. When you look at all the value chain from moving the raw materials up to our doorfront, transportation is one of the biggest pillars of this industry. And once we had that stack, moving into logistics seemed like the right thing to do a few years ago. Right.
1: Right. And so wh- where is VIA located? I know you said you're in Israel and you yeah. are Israel. Um, <laughs> and I know you guys, did you start the company there? Tell, tell us about that.
0: So VIA is today in multiple cities in the world with offices. Our CEO, uh, Daniel Remote, sits in, sits in New York. And our engineering team is in based in Tel Aviv. Um, so our CTO, Oren, uh, one of the co-founders, is leading our technological uh, unit in uh, in Israel. And then we have people all over the globe yeah. working on this mission.
1: I was talking to uh, one of my friends yesterday, and their the company is based in Chicago. And he said, yeah, but that's like one third of our people now. So the headquarters <laughs> is there. But... The CEO's not, and the salespeople are spread out like they always have been, and tech people. It, it's it's quickly happened where it does almost doesn't matter where you're located anymore. But anyway, before we get into the topic today of last mile challenges, Israel, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us where you grew up, where you went to school, and give us some career highlights.
0: So I grew in Tel Aviv. Um, I went to school in Tel Aviv. I moved to do my bachelor's. In physics, math, and computer science in Jerusalem in Hebrew. then did my master's in engineering and the Technion in Israel. We have a pro- yeah. You um, we were about to ask.
1: No, so so you were going to say in Israel we have what?
0: Yeah, in Israel we have a special program called Talpiot. Basically, th- we they choose twenty five to thirty five people of all graduates uh, of school, and then we go into training and to special elite. Uh, R&D units within IDF, the Israel Defense Force. And I think that of course has a great effect on a lot of technological companies that come out of Israel. So my my, my career started there um, from really low level uh, dev work, coding, assembly, C, C++, and then moving um, up the ladder also to management roles. One of them was um, at Checkpoint Security. I was leading and overseeing half a billion dollars in revenue of all the products in R&D, of the security products. Yeah, that was a really amazing uh, role. And then when... the
1: rocket ship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's an amazing company. One of the companies we, as people in Israel, really grew on and saw that uh, great success coming out of Israel. Then after um, I had that role, I met with uh, a friend, which I used to code uh, with, um, actually in the same room, seat by seat, called Lior. And we founded Fleetonomy in 2017. We saw back then, you know, a lot of companies going to on-demand, ride-sharing, car bullying, right? Um, right. But if you're not Uber or Lyft and you want to join this market, what do you do? If you go to your traditional fleet management providers, they're probably not right. yet there providing that. So that felt like a gap we want to fill. And uh, we just came with a next-generation fleet management platform. And we had partners such as Toyota and Jaguar operating and providing the software for them to operate the services. One of the things we did uh, through, after we had these kind of partners, it also go into other industries. One of them, we are lucky enough, uh, was logistics. And then that led also to discussions with VIA, which acquired us in 2010. And here I am talking to you about this super exciting topic.
1: <laughs> right, so I wanna talk a little bit, so, well, you've got a very impressive background, but I wanna talk a little bit about Israel. One other thing, not, not you, the country. When, <laughs> when we were prepping for this, I talked to you about, I I used to work for um, a Silicon Valley company and they moved our technical people from Mountain View to Israel. This is probably about 15 years ago. And I remember we got this whole overview from our management about, you know, how much venture capital was going to Israel and how much, how much technology expertise they had there. And, And, and I was kind of blown away at that time. Israel was getting more venture capital than Europe, so it was like the you United know, States. It was first, you know, venture capital was really concentrated in the U.S., and second was Israel, this tiny little country, and we we're kind of blown away. I know uh, Europe has ca- caught up, as well. It should. It's a, <laughs> obviously important in Asia, but it was it blew us away. We we're like, how is that happening? So. Um, and then our boss, my my boss and the CEO were both uh, from Israel, and they said, you know, because of uh, the, I think it's mandatory to join the military, and they mm-hmm. said it. We develop a ton of engineers, and I don't know if this is true still, but engine uh, per capita engineers, it was number one the U.S., number two Israel, and again, it was just like this tiny little country that punches way above its weight when it comes to
0: tech. (laughs) So, so yeah, that I think it's pretty amazing. Even I'm living that day after day and it's still, I'm blown away by that. I mean, there there are books about that. Um, I think on on my personal um, experience, I would say a few things. First of all, it's something about the culture. I mean, it's okay to fail, right? Uh, We can fail. We can try and fail and nothing happens. Nobody nobody will see me differently. I think uh, that's not obvious in every part of the world, let's say. Uh, second is the is, um, responsibility that we get. Like you said, military is mandatory. And then you find yourself like age of 18 doing things you're not supposed to do when you're 18, let's say on the tech side. So that's put a lot of pressure, responsibility and really exposes you to things that you know. also tech and also ambition, stuff you can do and also network. I think everyone that goes out of the elite uh, units uh, can create a very good network of people he can bring and go after the dream. And, you know, team is the most important thing. And I think it's a combination that really helps entrepreneurs go in and go after big dreams. I would say that when I look at, at our industry in Israel in the past five or 10 years, I can see also a big shift. I mean, there, there's been a lot of money going into Israel now uh, through VCs, uh, but, but it's, I'd say there's a different dream. If it was like five or seven years ago, yes. I, I found a company and I'm doing a cybersecurity company and I might partner with the big ones. I might be acquired. Uh, I have a dream. I might be big. If we now go and, uh, and see the pictures of, of startups in Israel, I'm going to be the next Salesforce. Salesforce. I'm going to be the next Cisco, right? So it's it's a right. different maturity. They're
1: not, they're, they're not looking to be acquired. They're looking to take it to the... Take it to the uh, finish line.
0: Exactly, and I think the the you know, the big progress we had in the past decade also people believe yeah, the you dream. Yeah, some confidence. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's a big change. It's a big change, um, and I'm super happy to be part of it. Well, it seems like go all these
1: places, whether it's Silicon Valley or Chattanooga or Boston or Austin or you know any other place in the world where we've seen this really de- well developed technology scene, along with the money, the VCs and the private equity. I think you always see there's a few big success stories where, there's, where 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 you can look at them and go, God, I know those guys. <laughs> and those guys are all of a sudden, you know, uh, maybe flush with cash and saying, yeah, I'm going to invest in the next great company, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to do it at home. I live close to Ann Arbor, and I know we've had billion-dollar startups out of there. And those companies traditionally would have moved to Silicon Valley, but anymore, you don't have to. And you know, I mentioned when we were prepping the Chattanooga, the Silicon Valley of trucking. And uh, I interviewed Craig Fuller, who's uh, founder of Freight Waves, and he's down there. And uh, he talked about that that one on my podcast. And it really is incredible to see it doesn't all have to be done in the same place. It can't be done in the same place as the world changes. So uh, so what are some of the I, – I, I know – Fiverr, which I've used a, a ton, yeah. Fiverr.com is from Israel. What are some other companies that we might recognize from Israel?
0: So I mentioned Checkpoint. You have Wix.com, you know, talking about e-commerce. Right. My better half is, I a mean, VP of data in Wix. And I remember her seven okay. years ago, junior data analyst. So things are really growing quickly. You mentioned Fiverr. We have Lemonade. We have similar. Is, is, Melio, is Melio, Melio? Payments?
1: I don't know. Le- I Lemonade is
0: around insurance. Yeah. So we have many of these kinds lately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very impressive. Very impressive what's happening. So anyway, let's get into the topic here. <laughs> so so the, the, there's a lot of challenges with last mile. And I think uh, when we were prepping, we talked about the last mile for like e-commerce or for groceries or whatever. It's like 41%. I think it's for e-commerce shipments, 41% of the cost is in that last mile. And it's exploding, you know, during the pandemic, we saw it really kind of come into its own. Uh, People who would have never considered getting stuff delivered to their house, like groceries, all of a sudden said, I'm not going to the store anymore. (laughs) And, you know, and I think once you saw the convenience of it, you go, you know, it's kind of nice buying (laughs) buying my groceries online. I don't want to stand in line. I don't want to walk down those aisles. I've done it a million times and I don't miss it. And then that's actually the only place. There's, I think we've we've kind of gotten spoiled by these last mile deliveries. So, what are some of the challenges that you see? Well, first off, I know there's two segments. So, first off, for retailers, what is one of the big challenges they have when it comes to last mile?
0: So, that's just a very good point on what we've seen in the last year and a half. I think a year ago there was a McKinsey report that said that within eight weeks in the pandemic. We accelerated five years of digital adoption, right. of, and consumers, and that of course has a lot of effect of al- almost every part of the value chain. One of them is the last month at every part. Um, so more and more uh, part companies are, out there are looking to go into home delivery or to scale up their existing one, and that creates some challenges on the operational part. So mostly what we see is around efficiency. That, is, of course, comes to the cost you mentioned, uh, over 40%. So the cost, right, is around the last mile delivery part. And it's not only the efficiency or dollars spent over there, it's also emission. If if we're not going to change anything, we're, some imports are talking about going up to 40% of emission in cities um, by 2030. So we are seeing this is something that is coming from multiple angles. You did mention retailers. Um, we have angles of the retailers, the right the, the, all, all parts, but specifically on the retailers. I, I would say a few angles that we see today. First one is, like I mentioned, the part of efficiency. We want to be able to spend less on getting in the same kind of end consumer experience, right? The package needs to get there on time. Uh, But at the same time, we need to do that not in a very costly manner. That's one. Second is myself as a retailer, right, in the market, when we have myself as a retailer, I have Instacart, I have others. What's my role? What's my role today? What's my role in half a year from now? What's my role in a year from now? So I'd say it's around being cautious of cost, of um, being carbon emission effective, and about Really keeping your role, not only today or in a month, a year, also 10 or 20 years from now.
1: Right, right. So, yes, yeah, so stepping back, I think I, so they have to be efficient because if it, somebody says, hey, I'll deliver your groceries and it only costs you 35 bucks, you're like, oh, wait a sec, 35 bucks that's too much. I got to get in the car and go get my own groceries again. Right. <laughs> or if you say, yeah, I don't know when your groceries will be there. You know, they will be hopefully later today, maybe tomorrow that that, that ain't going to work. Right. <laughs> I'll go get my own. I need my groceries today. And then, you know, there is that the, everybody worries about emissions. So the, so they have that challenge, but they also have this challenge, which you started to allude to, which is owning the relationship. If I'm Meyer or, uh, I say Meyer because I'm in Michigan and Meyer is the, like the, it's like Walmart, except uh, we like it better because, (laughs) (laughs) but um, if I'm Meyer, I don't want to lose the customer relationship. And when, and when they buy on shipped, which is what I use shipped or DoorDash or um, Instacart, I now all of a sudden have a middleman. And, and, and they might, might potentially lose a little bit of that relationship. And what you're saying is, I can help you keep that if I, if you're using, if you're using Via, they can, how's that working? So, so they can keep the relationship using Via directly with their consumer, but how, how does that work?
0: So the way we partner with retailers is we provide the end-to-end platform as a white label.
1: And what do you mean by white label? Because not everyone hears that term.
0: So if, if you're a retailer, anyone uh, globally, you want to keep your specific uh, flavor On the end consumer part, um, you you want to have your flavor with your drivers. On on the look and feel, um, you want to have your flavor on the orchestration part. So we have the infrastructure um, that enables you to operate the last mile part, the the routing, the the dynamic routing, the multiple pickups, drop offs. But at the end of the day, if you look at different partners of ours, um, you wouldn't recognize that all of them are partners of Via logistics. So, right. and, and I think that the important part, and that really touches the point you raised about um, the relationship with the end consumer. We think this is core uh, for retailers going forward now, 10 or, or 20 years from now. Now, there are advantages now on, on partnering with Instacart, DoorDash, or others on top line now. Um, but at the end of the day, the relationship with the, the end consumer, understanding them, um, changing the look and feel of an end consumer coming to um, the alleys of, of my shop. Um, if you right. don't have the ability to be there and interact with the end consumer, you're losing a lot. And, you know, you might even, if you don't like, go on Instacart, you don't like specific retailer, you just, you know, with a of a finger, go to a different one. So I think the right. branding, the differentiation is important. And And we spoke about the adoption in the past year. So I think there's a shift in... We put a lot of effort in marketing and bringing people to, as a retailer, right? We bring, right. put a lot of efforts in bringing people to our platform. And one right. point, and I think we're around there, we need to make sure that people choose us. Okay, so people are convinced that buying online is good, has, has convenience. But now that we convince them, how do we make sure that they're keeping with right. us? And, right. and that, that's a big strength that I think retailers need to keep. Right. And we're helping them do that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So you think about um, a lot of the food I buy, a lot of the stuff I buy. Um, I don't have a direct relationship with the the, the consumer package good company that actually made that product. I buy it from the retailer. And the retailers now uh, risk that the end consumer says, I'm not a, a customer of Meijer or Walmart or Target. I'm a customer of, of Instacart or Shipped." Exactly. Which is owned by which is owned by Target. But um uh and what you're saying is no, you need to you need to continue to own that relationship. If you're Meyer, if you're Target, you need to be said, no, 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 you work with us. <laughs> you work with us, and when you buy from us, you're gonna you're gonna use our system for the delivery and, and it doesn't look like V is in there. So the white label means You're powering it. You're like Intel. You're powering that. (laughs) Exactly. Except nobody really sees you or what you do. They just see the results of what you do. So it stays Meyer's system and it might be called Meyer Delivery or Meyer Direct or whatever, but it's powered by VIA.
0: Exactly. And I think that Meyer, at the end of the day, we're not expecting them just to open an internal division and develop the infrastructure and go through data analysis. So I think partnering in that part and that goes back to the first point about efficiency and, and the tech side of it. Right. That, that's a lot of IP around there. It's not only about being there on time. It's not only right. about um, the best routing or multiple pickups or drop-offs. It's about understanding your data. If, yeah. you're only, if you're able to predict demand, you can meet so many challenges of this industry and being on time, sometimes predicting returns. Um, we spoke about cost of the last mile part of the chain, Returns or cancellation is some, some um, reports will say 10%, some will say 30%. We, are, we can all agree it's a lot of money. Um, once you can predict what kind of customers will return, what will not, and at the end, they also make sure your fleets and drivers and supply meet that, you can reduce a lot of your operational costs right. only in that part.
1: So so when it comes to the retailers, they want to they want to maintain that direct relationship with their consumers. But on top of that, even if they said, Oh, I want, yeah, we want to do we want to maintain that and we're gonna go create our own software, that's not what you that's not what most retailers do. Creating creating something that you've already created is probably not something that everyone's gonna want to do. They say nope, we'll 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 be powered by via. It's easier. <laughs> so <laughs> I think and then they they need to have that data and you know again there's always a concern when you use a a company and I, I I don't know the relationships or how they're managed but like an Instacart if I was using Instacart and I was using them for, to get goods from all these existing retailers what's to stop them from bringing on <clears throat> a new a new entry right uh somebody who's yeah we're going to give you a special offer to start using this fulfillment grocery store that doesn't have a location and all of a sudden all of the players say we we introduced them to Instacart we wanted them to use Instacart and now uh Instacart is taking away a chunk of our business that's that's a risk and you know the, let me throw one thing out there if you go the the apps like hotels.com or you know so i could go on hotels.com and get a hotel and for a long time people go oh you get the best price on hotels.com and somebody somebody who owns billions of dollars worth of real estate around the world says how did an app <laughs> become <laughs> become um the the go-to between us and our customers and i notice now you start to see hotel chains say you want the best price you go through us mm-hmm. yeah we we put stuff on hotels.com but you're never going to and i'm using them as an example mm-hmm. um we are not going to give our best price to an app developer. The, the best price is when you use our app, and I think that's going to happen in the retail space too.
0: I agree. If, I agree. And if you think about, you know, when you order an Uber, right? Do you really care if uh, Mercedes or BMW will come? You you care right. about the class, right? But the branding, right. some somehow, just becomes some something like you said. There's a somebody in between, and I think that right. that branding is important. Uh, you know, when looking into the future and that's a that's a very important point
1: yeah yeah and i wouldn't and by the way i would not be surprised to see um i would not be surprised to see an entrant from uh an automaker that says no you don't need lyft you don't need uber we have one third of the cars we'll put it we'll put our systems in it so there's (laughs) the, the fight never ends in business does it so so we talked about on the retail side if I'm a retailer, I don't want to develop my own software, and I also don't want to lose that customer relationship. I certainly don't want to lose the data. I want all that to belong to me. So it makes sense to partner with somebody like VIA. So now let's talk about the other side of it. There's all these carriers, and there's more and more entering the space every day, and they say, you know, we've got trucks. But the, it's uh, what they need is something different. They need routing software. They have to do this efficient, efficiently, Otherwise, they're going to cost themselves a small fortune driving food around or whatever they're delivering, and they're, they're not going to make any money, and the customer's not going to be happy. So talk a little bit about the challenges that you see on the carrier side that you also serve.
0: So uh, I, that's a very good point on the carriers. They have their own uh, challenges and opportunities, and even we look at the retailers, not all of them have their own fleet, right? Um, no. So if and if I'm a retailer, even most of them, so I want to go into this business, so I need to partner with the right courier but then they need to have the right um, technology so what is the right technology it's not only about being there on time or being optimized it's about being really suitable for the on-demand experience you know you need to have the right app your drivers need to have the right app if it's a very easy to use app for your driver most likely so he will also interact nicely with your end consumers Um, so all the experience on the digitized part is important for you as a courier as much as the optimization. In addition, we spoke about, you know, fulfillment centers or how the retailers are looking at their assets. We're seeing more and more fulfillment centers moving into the cities or at least also in the plans. That means that carriers need to deal with more points of pickup and more leading them to the home delivery. That means very dynamic. We'll see in these right. fulfillment stores different different kinds of goods. So everything is becoming more complex, right. and therefore, that the cars need to have the real-time technology. Um, on the one hand, to deal with more changes on the supply side, and at the same time, still meet the expectations of the end consumer of being there on time. Not to please wait for a six-hour window right. time window. Just I wanted to have a tracker. I want to see where the vehicle is, and I want to understand when that comes. Um, And I want to have a very good experience that I can also rate, right. To give you a five star and a four one. So I think that there's a big change happening there also around tech um, that will differentiate one carrier from the other.
1: Right. Right. And, 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 you know, there's so many, there's so many tales to this because when you think about, I always say this about last mile delivery, you're not delivering to a professional location. So traditionally trucking and logistics, I would uh, pick it up at from a professional receiver, I mean, a professional shipper, and I would deliver it to a professional receiver. And uh, when I got to their dock, they opened it, right? Now I'm delivering to somebody who might not open the door. Uh, it, it, somebody knocking on your door, you're like, who's that? Like, I'm not answering the door. And But if I know, if I just got a, a, a text or I just got an email uh, and I knew that this was a tight window that I was getting that delivery in. Yeah, I might answer. So, and, and I also say the addresses might be obscured or barking dog, or maybe a neighborhood you don't want to deliver it to. So there's a lot of challenges and the technology should not be that challenge. It should say, take me to this house <laughs> and take <laughs> me there without taking me through congestion. Right? So if I'm a, if I'm a, a delivery company, if I'm a logistics company, I own those trucks, there's a big difference between whether I get to do uh, five, five, drop, five deliveries in an hour or three deliveries in an hour. I can't make money if I'm not efficient. And if you're taking me through congestion, I'm not going to be efficient.
0: Exactly. And I would add on top of that, you know, we spoke about the retailers and the couriers, and we spoke about the end consumers, about the ones that are receiving the packages. I mean, that's us, right? But uh, it's interesting. Uh, lately, there was a report about more than 40% of the end consumers are likely to choose the service according to how green you are. So we used to right. talk about efficiency and, and traffic. But at the end of the day, that also goes into another um, interpretation of this. And, and that really affects right. our or and consumers at the end of the day. So it's another angle right? around
1: that. Yeah. If you're the retailer, you want to be able to say, by the way, guys, when we do your home delivery, we take the most efficient route there. And, you know, I don't know how you quantify this, but I know I'm uh, trucking. We talk about avoiding empty miles. And in this business, we have to talk about how do we, how do we maximize deliveries? So so that, that driver says, yeah, I went out and I delivered 40 shipment, 40, 40 deliveries on my, on my shift. Now, that might have a little bit to do with density. But what I don't want is that guy driving all over the place. If that guy's driving all over the place, he's going to quit. We know exactly. that. We, we've learned this is that uh, this is not an easy job all the time. And if you're making somebody drive extra miles, it, there's a better chance that he quits.
0: That's a great point. And I can or tell she, you. Or she. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One of our partners, I mean, they have almost 1 million deliveries a day using our platform. Wow. And yeah. So yeah, we support from these small ones, tens to hundreds, up to million a day. And, you know, you enter it, then you, you talk to your partner about the different KPIs. And we all know about efficiency and all we spoke here right now. But the thing about what you mentioned now is also an interesting point because they told us one of their important KPIs is around how easy it is for drivers to use the app or and how easy it is for new drivers. I mean, they really measure that by amount of years you're using the specific platform to be there on time or to meet that 4.5 or 5 stars so all the the experience of drivers which are your partners at the end of the day is also a very important kpi in providing the tech solution
1: right you you think about that that again when when you bring on that partner they're they're interacting with your uh with your customer so (laughs) you have better be very careful about who you choose (laughs) And, and 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 getting back to the emissions piece, you know, we we know consumers are buying based on sustainability. I want to work with companies that are sustainable, who care about the planet as much as I do. And so when you you also have retailers, if they're managing their own shipments, they have to they have to take that into account and they have to be efficient with their, their miles. And same thing with the, uh, the the operators, they have an, they have an additional r- requirement. They have to again they have to be efficient or they're not going to make money. <laughs> so we exactly. need that good route. you need to take me in that good routing software. And brings up one other point. We talked about this offline uh, before we hit Record. It's weird we have a lot of returns on e-commerce, and, and I think at some point, we're going to start saying, "Well, I know a lot of people. Uh, will order clothes in multiple sizes, multiple colors, try them on like they're at a store and then return them. And those returns cost a lot of money. And we have to figure out that not only does it cost a lot of money, it also, it's an envir- environmental impact. Some point we're going to have to say to consumers, guys, well, we as retailers, and this is a bigger point, are going to have to help people do better with sizing. You have to help me. So, if you don't want me to order three sweaters and try them all on, you have to help me with the sizes, right? Uh, because we have to do something about those returns because those are a pain.
0: So, returns is a very good point. I think from from a few angles. First of all, it's super complex because returns are, you know, a return of a, of, of, a, of a furniture. It's different from return of groceries. Um, right. Some things need to have specific vans or need to get back immediately or not. So right. that, that's one of that. Um, and in addition, you can use tech in order to reduce the cost of that part. Because if now I'm, I'm just running the business and I have returns and I have unexpected returns and I need to bring that thing back to the hub. So if I don't have the fleet, I need now to pick up the phone and call a third party, which usually right. will charge me more, right? And 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 that becomes more costly in, in many aspects. If you're, some of that is you can predict, so you will not be able to predict everything, right? But if you look at the data, some of these cancellations, some of these returns, some of these patterns of end consumers can be predict, and therefore also touch that very very important part of returns that we're seeing today in the market.
1: Yeah, excellent, excellent. So um Israel what i'm going to do is i'm going to summarize this and i'm going to get your final thoughts on this so first off um if i'm a retailer uh, you know and i'm selling to my end customer i might i might want to to, to control this better i i don't want to lose that my customer to the delivery service that 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 has a nice app. So they might want to they might want to create they might want to partner with someone like Via because they can have their own system that looks like their system and feels like their own system, but it's again powered by Via. And 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 really, really, none of those companies are going to want are going to want to create big technology stacks on their own. So I, that makes a lot of sense. And then on the operator side. Uh, if you're managing this last mile and you're doing a lot of deliveries, you're going to need some sort of software, some some sort of technology that allows you to be uh, effective and efficient, and take good care of the customer. And, and and also, you want to avoid the congestion. You want to avoid a big uh, carbon footprint. So you need, you need you're going to need some software for that. Otherwise, you're going to end up doing too few deliveries per per hour per day, and you're not going to make the money you want. So. Your thoughts, final thoughts on this topic.
0: I mean, I think that the past year and a half really, as we said, accelerated a lot of um, thoughts that maybe it's a bit more easy to take you know in a five or eight years, uh, but really requires from all players in this market to get to a decision. What's my role in the coming five, ten, fifteen years? So it's a decide what's your role, not only on based on you know things that are short term, and then adjust. Um, so adjust has to strategy, right, being proactive and not reactive but also taking the right tech. You can choose to develop it in-house. I mean, that's part of the strategy. But if you don't try to think, are you looking to partner? Are you looking to give part of the value chain to someone else? Um, And once you are able to identify that, I mean, we have a strong opinion on that, but we we don't have the truth in our hands, right? So we believe that as a tech company, we can partner. We want to enable our partners to continue and have the relationship with their end consumer and focus on what we do good, which is being more efficient, the operational part of last mile delivery.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, before you go, Israel, tell us what's going on over Via. First off, I know we've talked about a lot here, but tell us who do you serve? Who are you? Who are your market segments?
0: So, we're today partnering with um, companies. From every size, it could be SMBs now entering into home delivery and um, supporting 10 or 100 deliveries a day. And on the other end, you have um, enterprise, enterprises such as uh, companies that are doing 1 million deliveries a day. Um, <laughs> or cro- that's that- that's <laughs> a
1: lot of deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a lot. That's a lot. I agree. Uh, and also the engineers here will agree. And at the same time, we're also cross-vertical. <laughs> cross- which means it's not only supermarkets it's also it could be furniture or e-commerce um and focusing on the last mile part of it having a bit also partnerships around distribution which we also see today things are changing and being more dynamic but mostly yep. around last mile
1: nice and then talk about the other side who you also work with the you not only work with the retail side you also work with the the drivers right
0: right so also the couriers uh we partner with them so you get a routing system, uh, orchestration system to manage the drivers, to see the routes, to plan in advance, to simulate, by the way, part of things you want to do in advance, and therefore not trial and error, but just really have that in advance, um, and providing an orchestration platform to manage um, deliveries as well.
1: Yeah, and so that, do you guys provide that as like out of the box or white label or both? How does that work for the uh, for the carriers?
0: It's out of the box. We usually have, uh, because like we said, when we look at different parts of ours, it will be different. We put a lot of efforts around creating the customizable customizable part of the platform. So to some partners, they will just use our vanilla, white label, and that's good enough for them. Some will just want us to customize to their specific uh, flavor. So we do both.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So you serve both sides of the coin, both the retailers and the uh, and the carriers. And so... Are you going back to real conferences here soon? I know we're kind of inching our way out of COVID, although the Delta variant still around. But are you guys planning on some some live conferences attendance?
0: Yeah, we'll be also on on the virtual part soon, September twenty second. Um, with Scroll Street Drive, we'll have a partnership over there, and it will be in at, Las Vegas. Uh, at, at where? With Grocery Dive, we have a website with a Grocery grocery mar- delivery market on September twenty second, and we'll be flying to Las Vegas to the Grocery Shop Expo, uh, September nineteenth. Um, and of course, we'll be happy to meet everyone that will be attending.
1: Very nice, very nice. So, uh, Israel, what I'll do is I will put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. I'll also put a link to uh, Via's website and uh, and uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, you guys will bump into uh, the VIA folks over at, at one of these conferences. Again, we're <laughs> going to be live conferences someday. But in the meantime, go to the virtual conferences.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Israel, for coming on and talking about this uh, important area.
0: Thank you, Joe, for having me. That was lots of fun.
1: Yeah. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Yeah. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward.